listening to the long overdue podcast from Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas. And we are here today with a few of the usual suspects, Chris and Denise, and I'm Pat. And our special guest today is Megan Adams, who is with Wise Health System here in Decatur. And she is going to tell us, first of all, all the wonderful things that she's involved with there at Wise Health. <laughs> awesome. Because yes. I know it's more than just one thing. That's true. I wear multiple hats, but I have been at Wise Health System for quite some time now, and there's been this evolution that has happened watching um, the people that we work with needing self-care and needing to just restore themselves after providing such um, exhausting effort to take care of other people in the community. So as a social worker, which is what I'm licensed as, I'm a clinical social worker, um, we recognized that there was this need um, for support and self-care within the hospital system. So my boss, uh, Kelly Jones, and I were able to get amazing support from administration and create an internal employee assistance program. Um, so I serve as the manager for that. And then we're also opening an outpatient counseling center called the Center for Emotional Wellness. Um, and so that should be launching very soon and, and be open for public appointments. We'll take insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, and cash pay. Um, and through those things, I felt the need to develop kind of a, a toolkit, um, not only to give my clients things to work on or, or equip them with coping skills, but also some self-care for myself. Because when you are providing counseling services, mm -hmm. self-care is super important. So right. that's kind of one of my, it's one of my shticks is self-care. Great. Mm -hmm. So our subject today yes. is mindfulness. Absolutely. That's kind of what we're here to talk about. Mm -hmm. So would you just tell us what that is and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So um, I was intentionally trying to set up the mindfulness talk with self-care. <laughs> um, so to explain why self-care is so important to me, I'll kind of give you a little bit of information as to why it became something that was relevant, something that I studied and um, sought training in. And and it is just that life got so overwhelming and so busy. Um, there was this point in life where I was pregnant with our third child, and we had a small business outside of all of my roles oh. at Wise Health System. It's three wow. third kid own business that was really struggling. Um, we actually had a construction project that closed the crossover to our uh, farm stand. And oh. so it was just kind of kind of struggling and, mm -hmm. and I was getting really overwhelmed with just the financial stress and then the idea of having a third kid and I'm like, I don't even have my life together now. What am I doing <laughs> having a third right. child? You know, and just feeling that anxiety that comes with all of those things. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also thinking, I'm going to be sitting in this chair giving people advice about how to get their said lives together <laughs> when I feel like I'm a hot mess myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I came across mindfulness. Um, it's simple. I think there's a lot of misunderstandings and I think we'll get the opportunity mm -hmm. to talk about those things right. um, but I was hungry for something that you know I jokingly say get my life together but what I really wanted was to experience my life as it was happening mm -hmm. rather than to be totally overwhelmed by it and let it just pass me by by being so focused on you know the future and what my goals were or being so regretful of things that didn't go right mm -hmm. you know I wanted to really experience my babies and my work and my husband um, as it was happening I wanted to experience the present moment of my life um, and experience joy and contentment in those moments rather mm -hmm. than just being so frazzled all the time with what's the next thing that I need to do or what's the next fire that I need to put out. Right. So that's where I found mindfulness. 
And then again, it seems lofty um, and it seems impractical. My sister, um, actually, she's a professor of political science in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would always tell me, you need to meditate, Megan. Like you just need to get control over your thought process. And I'm like, like it never really happens. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> you are preaching to the choir. I know I need to get control over my thought process. But meditation, I have no time for that crap. Right. Like, what are you even talking about? Well, and with meditation, I'm just like, how do you turn your thoughts mm, off? Exactly. Like, you yeah. want me to sit quietly mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. and not think? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> because that's... Yes. I always think of forgetting Sarah Marshall, the surfer that's like, D- not do, don't do, like, do nothing. And then he's like, what do you mean, do nothing? He's like, just do less. It's like, well, that doesn't even make sense. How am I supposed to do anything right. with functionality if I'm not doing anything? I'm like you. I'm, it doesn't make any sense. It's like if you, yeah, if you sit there or sit still and it's like, I'm going to deliberately not think about stuff, you're going to think about it. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and that's yeah. why, yeah, I, I'm totally on board with that because I've yeah. tried that kind of stuff and it's like, this does exactly the opposite of what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And then you just end up being frustrated <laughs> mm-hmm. with yourself yeah. because you're not able to clear your mind. Don't think about that <laughs> elephant in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Or asleep yeah. in, on the floor. <laughs> yes. That's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, stop thinking, stop thinking, asleep. And I'm asleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that it's, I love that you guys said that because that was exactly my main hesitation is just I found myself frustrated. Like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I'm, I'm not good at being bad at things. I like to yeah. be successful yeah. at the like first, mm-hmm. second, or third attempt. And so if I'm not, then I'm going to move on to something mm-hmm. different. Um, but what I have found is that mindfulness and meditation, it's all about the way that you embrace those thoughts as they come. Um, I think it's unrealistic to think that we could ever be completely content or completely free of thought for mm-hmm. any amount mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a great... Uh, neuroscientist um, her name is Shauna Shapiro and she's got this TED talk called the power of mindfulness Mm -hmm. and um, she talks a lot about a phrase what you practice grows stronger Mm -hmm. and so if you're sitting there trying to meditate and then you're frustrated with yourself because you can't free your mind then you're practicing frustration with yourself (laughs) you're not practicing meditation you're practicing being Mm -hmm. frustrated with your Mm -hmm. incapability of, of freeing your thoughts and I think mindfulness is more about well, the best metaphor that I can think of is if you're if you're walking on a sidewalk on a busy street um, and you pass people, you may greet them with kindness, but you don't let whatever their journey is disrupt your journey. You just mm-hmm. you keep on your trek. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mindfulness is very similar. If you're si- if you're sitting there and the goal is relaxation and contentment and peace in the present moment, you're going to have thoughts. And you may experience a moment of, of acceptance and kindness with that thought, but then you release it and you continue mm. on your trek towards mm-hmm. peace. Um, it's not about not having a thought mm-hmm. because that's right. impossible. It's about not getting sidetracked or consumed mm-hmm. or derailed by those thoughts. And what that does is it helps your brain have more control over its thought process. You're able, when you practice releasing thoughts, you don't get completely consumed by one negative thought process or one anxious thought about, well, if I would have just said that differently, or I wonder what they were thinking when they, you know, all of those things that derail us from our productivity or from our peace. And so it's all about kindness Mm -hmm. and awareness, Mm -hmm. but also releasing those things that we don't have control over and that shouldn't control our emotional reaction to the present moment. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, so where did this, 
this whole concept of mindfulness come from? Like, where where are its roots? Yeah, well, I think it's How been around for ever. Yeah. I mean, you think about, um, you know, the religious implications of meditation and prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can find in any religious or spiritual um, background, the idea of being still, mm-hmm. the right. idea right. of listening and being aware, the idea of looking inward, um, the idea of peace, you know, all of those mm-hmm. things are these spiritual concepts that have been around for so long. Um, what I love about a lot of the new research about mindfulness is it, it kind of blends this, the spiritual component mm-hmm. of mindfulness and meditation and the realistic and very scientifically based, um, data that says when we practice mindfulness and meditation, our brain literally changes. Right. We increase our capacity for neuroplasticity. We strengthen synaptic connections in our brain that mm-hmm. help us emotionally regulate, mm-hmm. that help us communicate clearly, that help us um, recognize when we're emotionally triggered rather than um, just being kind of a mess and being right. anxious all the time. Um, there's a really cool study that even talks specifically about how mindfulness and meditation increases our ability to be compassionate mm. um, with other okay. people. So they they took this group of people, um, just a, a randomized grouping, a randomized sampling of folks, and they connected them to MRIs so they could get really solid imaging of the brain mm-hmm. as they had these individuals look at compassion-inducing images. Um, and they wanted to focus on the center of the brain that had, the, you know, that kind of lit up, that had those synaptic connections right. when they viewed these compassion-inducing images. Mm-hmm. And then when they were looking at the data from that study, they were like, well, people who have a meditative practice, mm-hmm. is they have more synaptic connections when they view these images. Is that that yeah. compassionate people meditate? or monks just naturally compassionate? Or is there something here? Mm-hmm. Um, so then... They went a step further and took a, a group of people that had never meditated and did a before and after. Same in, same images, same mm-hmm. um, radiology MRIs to, to measure the brain's synaptic connections. That group um, at the beginning had no meditative practices, and they practiced 30 minutes a day for 30 days, and there was a dramatic shift. I mean, there was more light and firing wow. in the MRI when they viewed those images later. Wow. I know. It's That's profound. That's amazing. It's I mean, profound. That, yeah. So... So this is not now, it, it's recognized that this isn't just a spiritual out there kind of yes. thing. It's really a healthy behavior. It's a very healthy behavior. To practice. Mm-hmm. So. And not only in compassion, it can reduce blood pressure, mm-hmm. um, cholesterol, mm-hmm. pain. Um, there's wow. lots of medical diagnoses that, that mindfulness can be an appropriate treatment mechanism. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that awesome? That is incredible. I think it's really exciting. That, yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. But when you break it down and you think about the brain, just like any other part of our body, we can increase our capacity for deep breath. I mean, you know, the little the little th- tools that they give you when you have surgery right. and you need to practice those right. deep, long breaths to make sure that your pulmonary functionality is mm-hmm. adequate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we exercise to make sure that our muscles do what our muscles need to do. If we need to work on balance, there are certain exercises that we can do to improve the way that our body functions mm-hmm. and I feel like for so long it was like okay but above the above above the so head the that's all lofty yeah. that's not right. tangible that's not real that's all somatic mm-hmm. but it's not I mean we're our brain has as much um 
capacity for increased functionality as any other part of our body. And it's just Mm. about harnessing that strength and learning how to practice and exercise our brain in a way that creates more connections. And mindfulness is a great path for that. Okay. Yeah. So how do we get started doing this? So like I I've I've read a little bit about mindfulness mm-hmm. and I've kind of talked to other people a little bit about it, but it was more really really in a in a religious context. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I've done a little bit of yoga. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I'm one of those people who I go to bed and my brain just goes racing yes. or I wake up in the middle of the night and and can't go back to sleep because mm-hmm. I'm just You know, those Mm -hmm. thoughts are just going around and around. And somewhere I read just this little simple thing and it's, okay, those like, like breath prayers or things like that where, you know, you breathe in and I think the word sleep and I breathe out and I think the word sleep and I try to keep doing that. And then all of a sudden I fall asleep. Mm. It's pretty amazing how that really works. So that, how do you, is a mindfulness exercise? Yeah. What you're talking about is a mindfulness exercise. I think there's a lot of different things. Um, there's, there's mantras, there's focusing on the breath. The breath is always a rhythmic and consistent Mm -hmm. thing that is forever present that Mm -hmm. you can come back to to help with mindfulness. Um, I wanted to give you guys my definition of mindfulness real fast. This is this is just what I have fashioned as my definition of it. And mindfulness is the practice of holding space to offer loving kind awareness to your present reality. And the reason that mm. I talk about that or want to say that definition is because I think it's such an individualized practice that it kind of depends on your preferences and the way that you are hardwired mm-hmm. um, really can help determine what mindfulness practices will be beneficial for you. Um, mm. I love I love yoga. That um, the idea of getting my entire body engaged in mm-hmm. the mindfulness practice is really important for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it helps me feel more inwardly focused and connected to my breath and connected to the way my body feels and functions. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps me feel more centered. So I love yoga. That is my mm-hmm. that is my preferred practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also use one minute breathing space and um, mantras often whenever I do have moments of feeling overwhelmed or anxious, okay. um, and I need to kind of slow things down and 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 get back to a place of being focused on the present. Mm-hmm. Um, so give us an example of something yeah. like that, like like a situation you might be in, mm-hmm. and then how you would yes. respond to it. Well. Like I said, I have three kids, a Mm full-time job, Mm -hmm. a husband who likes to not be neglected, (laughs) and I also am the queen of taking on volunteerism. So I am on the United Way Board of Directors, I am the co-commissioner for Alvord Youth Cheer, and I'm the historian for Alvord PTO, and blah, 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 blah. I could could go on, but (laughs) I like being plugged into my community. I like being busy. So what I found in the midst of me feeling like a hot mess, like I referenced earlier, is that busyness can be a form of numbing for Mm -hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when I don't want to deal with things that I don't have control over, I'll right. just fill my plate with other things so that yeah. I don't have to deal with that thing. But then whenever I'm not dealing with the underlying issues that are anxiety producing for me, I find myself getting irritable with my sweet babies. Yep. I find myself not functioning in my highest capacity at work. And I start to see these red flags like, okay, I am I'm numbing. I'm not fully aware and I'm not giving myself loving and kind Mm -hmm. awareness and space to deal with the things that are really distracting me from being my best self and living my best life. So that can be 
anything. That can be that I realized I forgot to pay a bill. Mm-hmm. Like what? I mean, and instead of saying, what is wrong with you, Megan? You have a calendar. Um, you have a planner. You know when these things right. are due. Just saying, okay, I need to take this moment. Mm-hmm. I need to just slow it down a little bit. I need to take a deep breath. And I need to get really in check with my immediate reality yeah. and stop getting distracted by numbing busyness. Mm-hmm. I can, I mean, it happens at least once a day, y'all. <laughs> right. I mean, and right. that's why I think it's so important that you recognize mindfulness is a practice. Mm-hmm. Um, in that same video that I referenced earlier, Shauna Shapira says, if you can, you know, sit in traffic without being emotionally triggered, if you can see people go on beautiful vacations without feeling even the slightest twinge of jealousy, and if you can be forever content, you're probably a dog. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> these things right. aren't real. Like, right. you're not always going to I was trying to get worried there for yeah. a minute. No, <laughs> no, like, no. Uh, no. What? You start with traffic. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. So you, okay. you don't have, yeah, exactly. You're still going to be triggered. You're still going to be stressed. I mean, it's about finding the opportunity to hold a space for yourself that says, you know, it's okay mm-hmm. to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And just kind of check in with yourself and hold that loving, kind space with yourself and release the things that are distracting you from the path that you started on. Mm-hmm. That's mindfulness. Um, can you wow. tell me a little bit more about mantras? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll just tell you about my my daughter and I have a mantra before she goes to school every day because, I mean, mornings are mm-hmm. oftentimes hectic and ridiculous. I'm trying to get everybody out of the house on time. And so a lot of times I'm like, brush your hair. Come on. what? <laughs> like, let's get out the door. We've got three minutes. And then on that short little drive to school, I'm like, okay, we need to do something to like yeah. bring this back down and get centered before we go to school. So a lot of times with my babies, I'll do five senses will be the first mm-hmm. thing that I do to try to draw them to the immediate, like, what do you smell or what do you hear? And then the mantra I do with Lennon, that's my daughter's name, every morning is I am brave, I'm strong, I'm kind, I'm important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a mantra is anything that you need to tell yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um and I, I use the example of my kid again, just because I think we don't do that for ourselves as much as we're willing to do mm-hmm. it for our yeah. kid. But right. even though I'm trying to breathe that truth into her every morning, I'm totally breathing <laughs> yeah. that truth into me. Like I'm brave. Yeah. I'm strong. I can do this. <laughs> I'm kind. I matter. You know, I think anything that you need to hear or that, you know, your heart and mind is seeking, that can be your mantra. It could be that I'm worthy of love and belonging. It could be that I am safe. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big one. A lot of times when you're doing guided meditations, people will find that they want to they want to tell themselves that they're safe. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we don't give ourselves space to be vulnerable very often in our busy worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah. It, and there's a lot of Sanskrit mantras. Mm-hmm. Um, there are really good guided meditations through the Chopra Center online, mm-hmm. um, or there's an app and they provide a lot of Sanskrit mantras, um, that may speak to people. And I think sometimes not getting caught up in, in the word itself, but just the feeling behind the word. Mm-hmm. That's why sometimes I think Sanskrit speaks to people because yeah. mm-hmm. there's like mm-hmm. a rhythm with right. it, you know, it helps you feel centered. Um, but there's, there's a lot of different apps too. If we're, if you guys want to go down that path a little bit, there are some mm. ways when you talk about how to practice this, mm-hmm. um, Headspace is a great app. Okay. Um, and there's also an, a new one that I recently started trying called yoga wake up okay. and you can literally, your alarm can be a guided meditation. Oh, wow. I know. Rather than like the, instead of, yeah, yeah exactly. Noise. Yeah. It can be this wow. loving and kind space that helps you get set up for success and produces oxytocin 
medicine in your brain rather than, you know, if you've hit snooze three times and uh-huh. then you immediately have a dump of cortisol. How did when you, you know how many times I hit snooze this morning? <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I may or may not have done the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that, that there are a lot of really tangible ways. And that's what I love about how well-received mindfulness is these days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just this, like I said, lofty religiosity-driven mm-hmm. right. practice. Um, it is something yeah, that is really it, meaningful. It sounds like you can either take it to a religious place or totally. not. Totally, yeah. Like, yeah. just Absolutely. not have any spiritual... Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I like the yeah. thought of that. Yeah, I mean, of course. I think, I think for a lot of people, when they hear that word... They automatically put it in that religious context mm-hmm. and say, I want nothing to do with it or, totally. oh, that's just for this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and so to open that definition up and to open it, you know, to everything, mm-hmm. to every aspect of your life, I think that's just, that's an amazing thing. Yeah. Well, we as humans are hardwired for connection. Mm-hmm. And if that's, you know, if that's found in a spiritual place mm-hmm. and mindfulness meditation from a spiritual standpoint helps you achieve that connection, mm-hmm. that's awesome. If it's from a completely secular place, mm-hmm. right. um, being connected with one another and with ourselves mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in a deep and meaningful way, I mean, that's relevant for every person. I right. think I think we can get to a really numb and lonely place without practices like mindfulness or really pursuing connection with ourselves and with one another. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I agree. I think that those things can be very spiritually driven. And for me, my prayer life is very meditative. Um, and that is more meaningful to me. Just mm-hmm. holding that space and being still, that is more meaningful to me than than a lot of the other more traditional mm-hmm. um, forms of prayer. Um, so I think you're right. It can, it can be a, a pathway for spiritual connection or not. So when you talk about the importance of recognizing that this can be a secular practice, mm-hmm. I mentioned before how important the science behind yes. um, behind mindfulness is. And I, I alluded to it a second ago, but I want to delve in a little bit more to the idea of um, like oxytocin mm-hmm. and those, mm-hmm. those hormones and chemicals in our brain that enhance the opportunity for bonding and for relaxation versus the stress hormones mm-hmm. um, like cortisol and adrenaline that enhance right. stress. Um, and I think that when you have that dump of stress hormones or you exist in this place of shame or perfectionism or wanting to do more mm-hmm. and be more and mm-hmm. achieve more, um, you actually limit the functionality of your amygdala, which governs emotional regulation. So you may be trying to, to be the best or do all these things or fill up your to-do list, but then because of the way that you put your body into a fight-or-flight zone because of all of that cortisol that's being released um you actually don't achieve your best self Mm -hmm. it's quite the opposite you're Mm -hmm. in this constant state of stress right and that's where chronic stress is where a lot of blood pressure issues and and cholesterol issues and pain and headaches fatigue all of Mm -hmm. those things can Mm -hmm. come from being in a place of chronic stress And so the fact that uh, mindfulness increases our oxytocin production and actually enhances the functionality of our amygdala and keeps us out of that fight or flight response, that's where you see those really physical, physically driven benefits Mm. um, of mindfulness. Yes, peace is good. Yes, Mm. being free from anxiety is good. But when you think about... um, that literally the way that our body is responding, the you know whether our blood vessels are increased, um, 
you know, as far as relaxed and you can, blood can freely flow or if they're constricted because Mm -hmm. you're stressed Mm -hmm. um, and you don't get as much blood and oxygen to the parts of your body that need it, um, that can be enhanced by mindfulness because it's a coping skill that in those moments where you could go into a critically stressful place, your body is able to relax and kind of, you know, ride the highs and dig the lows kind of, Mm. you know ease and uh, you find yourself in a place of ease rather than constant stress cool if that makes sense yeah does that make sense okay mm-hmm. good I just wanted to make sure that I emphasize that I think creating this environment of loving kindness is also you know ooh la and you know kumbaya <laughs> but there are literal physical mm-hmm. benefits to us having control over our emotional response right. mm-hmm. to the stimulus or stimuli in our life um, where we're, we're going to be constantly hit over the heads with all kinds of things that can be shame inducing and, mm-hmm. and bring judgment onto ourselves because mm-hmm. we're not thin enough or we're not talented enough or we're not successful enough mm-hmm. or, you know, all of the laundry list of things that reality TV and that constant, we're not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all of yeah. the things that social media reminds us all day, every mm-hmm. day that we're mm-hmm. not enough of. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, that's not what's important. What's important is being true to ourselves and our own values mm-hmm. and recognizing when when we need to hold that space and give ourselves um, an opportunity for compassion and for peace and contentment is important in so many ways. I was going to say, um, it sounds like some of the some of the things involved in in mindfulness. Um, it's a concept of like being aware of what you're thinking, mm-hmm. like thinking about how you're thinking. Yes, is that yeah. Absolutely. Like why you think the things that you think. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, I, th- I thought this. How many times can you go? So now I'm going to stop and I'm going to think about why I thought that. Is that? Well, I think, I think actually it could be the opposite. I think we get so caught up in overanalyzing ourselves or like, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a thought that is strange or foreign to you and you're like, why, what is, why am I thinking that? And we can get really derailed by that. Mm. Um, when it could just be something that our subconscious recognized and it just snapped in our brain Mm -hmm. and we had that thought and we need to just let it go and not get derailed by it. Mm -hmm. I think that um, so the three words that are often used to describe a mindfulness practice are intention, attitude, and awareness. So yes, it's about being aware, but it's about being non-judgmentally aware Mm -hmm. um, and and letting things go. Um, And what is your intention behind this awareness? Is your intention to be um, critical or over-analytical of yourself? Then that's really not mindfulness. That's anxiety or Mm -hmm. fear Mm -hmm. or judgment or frustration or whatever that is, Mm -hmm. um, wherever that need is coming from. So I think it's actually the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's recognizing that we have constant thoughts, um, but trying to release those um, and not get totally caught up. Mm Mm-hmm. In that thought process. And the other thing, you you talked a lot about the different practices, like the things that we even started out with, like meditation, you know, yoga and mantras and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But it sounds like to an extent, it's not necessarily like you have to set aside time and and to to actually be physically still mm-hmm. and and to do these things it's almost like it's like moving meditation yeah absolutely I mean, that's mm-hmm. sounds like that's actually would be more beneficial mm-hmm. i think it's both i think for me um because of the way that i like i said busyness is my numbing that's my it's like my achilles heel is to just mm-hmm. fill up my schedule to not have to deal with the real stuff mm-hmm. um And I think that 
for me saying for 30 minutes a day, every day, I am going to practice mindfulness. It'll be a guided meditation or it could be yin yoga, Mm -hmm. something that draws me back to my breath, something that helps me practice Mm -hmm. for an extended period of time, focusing my thoughts and Mm -hmm. letting go, releasing thought processes. Mm -hmm. Um, For me to really develop that practice to where I could naturally in a moment where I'm overwhelmed with traffic Mm -hmm. or when, you know, I'm irritable with my kids or when I forget something at work, those moments are more easily, I can more easily jump into a mindful space because I practiced that before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just like with any exercise or Mm -hmm. expertise, we have to really harness that skill before we can naturally fall into it. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you told me to go swim laps right now, you would laugh at me because I haven't been practicing right how to swim. Like I would get there, but it would be a mess. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a that's a your body has to learn how mm-hmm. to freely flow through that body of water. And I think mindfulness is the same. It's a flow, it's a rhythm that you really have to practice mm-hmm. and harness. So I would recommend setting aside 15 to 30 minutes, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be, you know, profound meditation. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, you know, go to a monastery or schedule a retreat to be able to practice it. It can just be, you know, a guided meditation with your earbuds in at your desk for 15 minutes. Um, Use that as your break time. Mm -hmm. Or if you get to work a little bit early, use a guided meditation. And I relied on guided meditations Mm. for the first probably three to four months of my practice. Because I had a hard time achieving that space Mm -hmm. without it. Um, and I think there's so many tools out there. Why not? Yeah. I mean, and, and some of them you pay for, some of them you don't. You could mm-hmm. YouTube guided meditations mm-hmm. all day long you and they're there. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think there's lots of opportunities for that. And now I've gotten to a place where I can have absolute quiet and get to a mindful place. Um, so I think, I think both. And mm-hmm. I think there's, you know, walking meditation. There's eating meditation there's all sorts of things and like i said you could youtube all of those um and different experts can can walk you through that and um but really what it what it boils down to is getting in touch with your five senses and all of those things your tangible realities Mm -hmm. um and then when you get distracted from your breath or your five senses because of thoughts you just don't judge yourself and kindly bring yourself back to whatever was guiding Mm -hmm. that that focused Mm -hmm. presence in the beginning mm-hmm. of your exercise. Yeah. One of the things that that I kind of had in the back of my head about what mindfulness is just throughout the day is that being in the present moment and being aware of what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. So not not necessarily a response to a difficult situation or that time apart early mm-hmm. in the in the morning or whatever but just kind of how you go through your day Absolutely. and are aware of what's happening around mm-hmm. you um so how yeah. is that the same or different than these okay pull it back or mm-hmm. or take the time or right i think i think again when you when you have a focused practice of mm-hmm. mindfulness mm-hmm. those moments of enhanced awareness are going to come more naturally. Okay. So I talk, I have a blog called uh, Mishaps and Mindfulness. Um, okay. So if you would like to check that out, that's mm-hmm. Um But I have one entry where I talk about that exact thing. I was walking on a, a path that I walk every single day. Mm-hmm. And one day I was like, oh, wow, look how much life there is on this walk. There's mm. all these trees and there's these flowers and there's these little bugs and there's a bird and and I know that I had walked that same path 
who knows how many times and never even recognized that there was any living, breathing, growing, evolving anything in Mm -hmm. my space. Like I was probably looking at my calendar or just in my head so much that I didn't even recognize my surroundings. Mm -hmm. And so that was a moment where I was like, oh, this is working. Like I'm way more aware. Mm -hmm. I'm way more able to enjoy these moments and and appreciate my surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, I think the goal is that you do become more present. Mm -hmm. You don't drive for 30 minutes and not remember any details Mm -hmm. about what you passed. Another thing I started spilling coffee on myself less. I know that sounds funny. (laughs) I got great. I was more focused. I was less distracted. Mm -hmm. I was, I was thinking about things that I needed to do before I did them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were all these little important and my anxiety was lower. And mm-hmm. I think all, you know, from the, the way that I feel emotionally and then from the way that I was able to remember things, mm-hmm. um, I was able to be less clumsy and I'm a fairly okay. clumsy person. I was actually just telling somebody yesterday that I'm far less clumsy now. Thank <laughs> you very much. Um, and so I think that I think those mm-hmm. all of those things anxiety forgetfulness um, not being present mm-hmm. being checked out not hearing people when they tell me their name you know mm-hmm. what I mean all of mm-hmm. those things were all symptoms of being perpetually distracted mm-hmm. right um, and mindfulness helps you not be mm-hmm. I'm one of those people who has trouble remembering people's names when I'm introduced to mm-hmm. them you know I I know all the mnemonics and I know all the little tricks you're supposed to use but they don't work for me right and and I think that really is it because mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking about okay, what am how am I going to respond to yep. them or how what am I going to say exactly. next or oh my goodness, who's the next stranger I have to introduce myself to mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, rather than listening. focusing on them, listening to them, putting it in my mind somehow mm-hmm. that this is who this person is. Absolutely, so, absolutely, yeah. It's mm. interesting. There were a lot of benefits that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And didn't it wasn't even a motivating factor to want to find mindfulness. Um, but I I see these moments. I'm like, oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So when when I first started doing yoga, I I I'm not a yoga expert, and I don't do it all the time. But when I first started doing it, my whole purpose was better physical health. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to be a little more flexible and, you know, mm-hmm. stretch my muscles and do those kinds of things. And when I, f- I started doing it and realized that so much of it is about centering yourself and mm-hmm. focusing. And as you move each muscle group, you're, you're thinking about that mm-hmm. and, you know, where that's going and, and that that's a whole lot of what that is. It is. I thought, oh my goodness, this is this is a whole different set of, of of benefits that I never even knew were part of this practice. Mm-hmm. I thought it was this thing, and it's so much more. It's so much more. So mm-hmm. I think all of these, you know, mindfulness-related practices could be like that. You know, yeah. there's, there's one benefit that you think you're going to get, and then all these other Absolutely. things come along. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, and I think the reason I mentioned the movement in yoga before is mm-hmm. that having a focal point for that awareness is so Mm -hmm. helpful. So Mm -hmm. when you feel that tension release from holding a pose for so long, you, you can enjoy that benefit of that muscle release Mm -hmm. and, and what that movement that you're doing and that, that 
intention behind your exercise when you feel the benefit of it, um, A, you know that there's a point in doing it again mm-hmm. and it helps promote that practice. It's like positive reinforcement. Right. Um, but it also, yeah, it totally increases the benefits. I think that awareness is, is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that you guys talk about just implementing mindfulness in day-to-day activities because that's certainly the goal and enhances the benefits, you know, whether it's recognizing nonverbal communication with the people that you work with, mm-hmm. um, that kind of mindfulness mm-hmm. is important. Um, and recognizing, like I said before, when you're emotionally triggered or emotionally hooked mm-hmm. rather than I'm, this is, this is not a rational reaction to this thing. Um, it can enhance your communication skills. It can enhance your relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. Okay. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> do you am I am I do you think it's concrete enough or do you think it's like do you feel like you guys have an understanding of what it is? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think we've talked about it from a lot of different angles. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. no no matter what what knowledge or no knowledge that somebody brings, I right. think at this point. Good. Well and yeah. good. you mentioned apps. Mm-hmm. And, yes. Um, YouTube and so forth. But, but I think earlier mm-hmm. when we were talking, you mentioned some books. Yes. Yes. And I'm I'm much more of a book person. Yes. So if I can have a absolutely book to, like hold and mm-hmm. reference, yes, that I think benefits me more than, which is a little odd because you know I I'm I'm iffy with apps. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I have my phone and I use it all the time. Right. But <laughs> I like, a, like, I like a tangible something yeah. that I can write in and, you know, touch mm-hmm. and feel. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, so there are two books that come to mind that really have driven the way that I view mindfulness and the way that I implement that practice into my life. One is Mindfulness for Beginners by John Kabat-Zinn. And he's kind of the go-to for mindfulness-based stress reduction, mm-hmm. um, MBSR. So if you ever hear of anybody refer to MBSR, mm-hmm. that, that is the the practice of mindfulness that is most often used in like a healthcare setting for chronic pain or um, for various disease processes that mindfulness can help combat. Mm -hmm. And so he's really kind of a guru and a go-to for MBSR, but that mindfulness for beginners is a great book. He gives you lots of really tangible um, spiritual and science based Mm -hmm. information regarding the practice. And then um, self-compassion is a book by Kristen Neff. Um, and the reason that that's important to me, she has, um, her website has a lot of information about mindful self-compassion. And I think that yes, the science behind improving our physical well-being with mindfulness is important to me, but also the way that we hold space for Mm ourselves is important for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and self-compassion and self-care is something that I'm so incredibly passionate about and being able to use mindfulness as, um, as a pathway towards being more compassionate with myself um, was very important. And she actually says that mindfulness is one of the three, you know, most important tenets of self-compassion. So that's a great read Mm. too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Very cool. Thank you. Yes, of course. But I can absolutely walk you guys through. Um, So we often do at the hospital, we do these departmental surveys to try to figure out what we can do to help enhance productivity Mm -hmm. and self-care and um, just satisfaction in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we've developed from those surveys is called the rejuvenation station. 
And so this is a time when myself and then a yoga instructor from Fit and Wise go to the departments and we have these come and go educational opportunities to teach them yoga poses that can be used and that are good for standing or Mm -hmm. sitting and they don't have to change to do those things. They can absolutely do it in their workplace. Mm -hmm. And then I educate on mindfulness. And one of the exercises that I use often with this with this population um, because they're very practical. They want it right. to be simple. They want it to be easily remembered and they want it to be functional. Mm-hmm. They, you know, I'm not going to get them to sit in a room with a diffuser and <laughs> chant a <laughs> Sanskrit mantra to get right. mindful. Um, so if I want them to achieve mindfulness, it's got to be practical. Mm-hmm. So I use the stop method. Okay. Um, and it's a one minute breathing space and I can totally walk you guys through that. Yeah. If you yeah. Want. Okay, cool. All right. So if you will find a comfortable place, Oftentimes with both feet on the floor helps you feel more grounded, more centered. And I invite you to go ahead and close your eyes softly. And as you stop what you're doing and slow down for the day, I invite you to just bring yourself into the present moment. And different questions you can ask yourself to do this are, what thoughts am I having? What things am I saying to myself? What am I feeling? Am I anxious? Am I neutral? Am I hopefully not bored? Now let's draw our attention to sensations. Do I feel tension? Holding? Lightness? Pain? Do I find myself clenching my jaw or holding tightness in my fists? Now that you've drawn awareness to all of these things, I invite you to take a deep breath. And in that exhale, release your thoughts, release your anxieties. And with each inhale, bring in acceptance and awareness. And with each exhale, let go of judgment and distraction. Your breath is reliable and you can always come back to your breath when you need to slow down all of the noises of our world. as you continue to breathe with a natural rhythm, once again expand your field of awareness beyond your breathing. What does the support of the chair that you're sitting in feel like? How is your posture? What's your facial expression? And now you can recognize your five senses. What do you hear, smell? taste, feel. 
Now as you begin to let your eyes flutter open and you enter the room again, let your attention continue to expand, but continuously being aware of how things are right now. And rather than reacting habitually, be curious. Allow yourself to respond naturally without judgment and extending kindness to yourself and to others. Hopefully you guys loved that. It was easy and doable. Do you feel a little bit more relaxed? I do. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. And so what that stands for is um, stop and take stock, take a breath, open and observe, and then proceed with new possibility. So that is the stop oh, method. Stop. Would you say that again? Yes. Just so we can Absolutely. take it in. Breathe it in. Stop and take stock. Take a breath. Open and observe. And then proceed with new possibilities. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I um, uh, have little stop signs that I print and laminate and people can put them on their computer or in their car or wherever, you know, mm-hmm. they might feel most emotionally triggered and yeah. it reminds them. Okay, I can do this. I'm going to find that one-minute yeah. breathing space, release my expectations, and try to proceed with curiosity and kindness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I've really, I've really enjoyed listening to you talk about mm-hmm. is the kindness, the loving mm-hmm. kindness mm-hmm. as part of this whole thing. Yes. Um, some of it's inwardly focused, some of it's outwardly focused, mm-hmm. and... That is so important. I totally agree. In the kind of world we live in, mm-hmm. where kindness is the exception rather than the rule mm-hmm. sometimes, I think. Yeah. So. yeah, I think so too. Wow. I, you know, I almost hesitate to, to reference this study because I, I couldn't tell you where to find it. Um, but I think it's just so relevant to mm-hmm. what you're saying. Um, so it was a TED Talk that I was listening to. And they had a study um, where they brought in, it was a, it was a small sample. It was mm-hmm. like maybe 10 people per group. A uh, control group practiced no mindfulness, no meditation. And mm-hmm. this was all about loving kindness, uh-huh. compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other group practiced 30 minutes of meditation every day. And uh, they, they go into like a waiting room setting. They think they're going for their post-test, mm-hmm. you know, after the meditation. But the test is actually in the waiting room. Um, so they have, um, you know, each of these people is in there individually. Um, and they have somebody coming through the door with like a walker or wheelchair, Mm -hmm. clearly struggling, clearly in pain. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to see if there was a difference between the two groups and Mm -hmm. how they responded to that person that was obviously in need of assistance. Um, and the group that didn't practice mindfulness, it was, it was like two of them, like 20% that got up and offered assistance. Mm -hmm. And in the, the group that had been practicing, mindfulness and awareness and mm-hmm. loving kindness and compassion um, they offered it was 70% that mm. offered assistance and I don't think it's because you know the people in the first group were jerks and the people yeah. in the second group were saints I think it was that the people in the first group didn't even see homegirl struggling yeah. you know what I mean they had yeah. no idea they didn't even know that that person was in pain right and I think that is huge being able to even expand our worldview mm-hmm. to not be completely self-centered Right. and to recognize other mm-hmm. people's human experience. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where I think kindness and, and just practicing awareness can be huge. Right. You know, if you see somebody 
fall down or get hurt rather than being here and not even be aware of their struggle, Mm -hmm. being able to actually have enough awareness to extend a kind Mm -hmm. hand makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pretty neat stuff. You know, we keep seeing these, these memes everywhere you know about people running into things because Mm. they were you know (laughs) staring at their phone or whatever and and you know getting hit by a car or Mm -hmm. running into the bus stop wall or you know whatever it is falling into a hole yeah falling into a hole because (laughs) they just are so distracted so into that that screen right Mm -hmm. in front of them and not looking at anything else that's going on absolutely it's and it's funny when we see it, mm-hmm. but it's not funny when it happens to yeah. us or to anybody, you know, for yeah. real. It's yeah. It's just... Well, and there's a disconnect so there. Sad. Like you're watching something on your computer and someone yeah. just fell down a hole. Right. Like. Think of it. That's, that's really meta. You know, wow. instead of... <laughs> <laughs> and versus your reaction of so, you were standing next to that hole yeah. and you saw someone fall. Yeah. Like, Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's yeah. a disconnect whenever absolutely. you're... <laughs> Absolutely. That's true. Um, there's, I actually have a couple of posts on my blog where I kind of get on soapboxes about, mm-hmm. you know, being so perpetually disconnected and, and how mm-hmm. the idea of human connection, even though we feel so constantly connected right. via our social media or our computers or whatever, mm-hmm. that tool that we use to be completely plugged into the entire world um, is actually making us completely disconnected. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. To where we right. aren't even aware of. Well, and I think that that social media, especially it's an artificial connection mm. Absolutely. Yes. because there's no real mm-hmm. connection there. It's and like, the, Oh, this, this is, a is pers- from our social media. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marketing <expert>. technology yeah. <laughs> here <laughs> that, you know, I knew you in high school, 20 years ago right. and totally. I don't really know you now yeah mm-hmm. but here's some cute kids yeah like, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna <laughs> love, I'm gonna love the heck out of your post yeah, yeah. Like they're, no, they're not it. really connected mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and I think um you know there's so many campaigns and PSAs about that type of stuff mm-hmm. I even saw something about Facebook right um, Facebook generated an ad that said the best part of Facebook isn't on Facebook. I mm-hmm. saw that mm-hmm. during NFL football the yeah, other day. I loved that. It was so interesting mm-hmm. to see that. I, yeah. I've been seeing it on Facebook, but then to see it on TV right there mm-hmm. when millions of people are watching it. That's thought, awesome. Oh, good for you, Facebook. Finally. I know. You know, I love that. something. So mm-hmm. encourage people to yeah. get out of their phones Helping and into people their to find new ways world. to really connect mm-hmm. with people instead Absolutely. of just. You know, this virtual thing where where there's not really a person on the other end. Right. Exactly. It's vapid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, we are so hungry. Um, you know, I'll, I, I get so worried about where we're headed because mm-hmm. when you think about even just the ba- brain chemistry of that, you right. don't, you know, you may have a dopamine reaction to getting 175 mm-hmm. likes mm-hmm. on something, but you're not producing oxytocin. You're not creating bonding. Right, you know, it's physical touch, it's eye yeah. contact, it's empathy that's almost tangible that really mm-hmm. produces those opportunities for us to feel genuinely connected to somebody. Mm-hmm. And the dopamine may lead to an addiction, right? But it's not going right. to lead to that real connection that we were all so hungry for. Yeah, we need it. I I keep seeing all those all those studies that talk about. Um, kids being successful if they sit down to a family meal, mm-hmm. you know, this many nights a week. Mm-hmm. 
and and just the idea that that we have to say sitting down and talking to real people is a healthy thing right. that you need to be doing right. so do it yeah it, it's you know and i'm as guilty as anybody else Absolutely. you know and but it's it's such a commentary on mm. on who we are and yeah, where we are at yeah, as a culture what our what our priorities are i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the whole idea of, you know, okay, we're going to have this little basket where we're all going to put our cell phones in so that we can eat the meal and actually talk to the people right. who are in the room with us rather than, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. checking Facebook or checking our fantasy football mm-hmm. team or whatever, you know. Right. Or taking a picture of our meal. Taking a picture <laughs> of our meal. Yeah. Totally. Oh, it, my daughter does that once in a while, but it's usually when she's cooked. Right, she's and prepared. So she'll it. She's t- proud yeah, of it. and it's so it's she'll achievement. It's t- yeah, yeah. Like what I'm it's about not to eat. like. Uh, <laughs> so I'm at a restaurant, and this is what they brought me. Right. This is what I ordered. Out. Aren't I cool? No, it's it's. I did this. Look and what this I prepared. And mm-hmm. and usually she's sitting down with another person to have that meal. But you know, whatever. It's yeah. still a picture of my food. <laughs> well, and I think but, yeah. I think you're right that it totally is commentary on our our current status as mm-hmm. as a culture <laughs> and what our priorities policy? are. Right, exactly. But and I think that does say a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of times we can also get so caught up in this place of judgment yeah. about like why we function the way we function what we just do. Like mm-hmm. yeah. a huge part of your job is social media and mm-hmm. I have right. a blog about yeah. mindfulness. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that I'm I'm you Using that pathway to reach people about this. And I think that that developing coping skills like putting your phone in the basket or, Mm -hmm. you know, I was just talking to my sister this morning. She has her son plug his phone in in the living room. He's not allowed to take Mm. his phone into his room Mm -hmm. for reasons reasons. having to do with him being 14. But also because that's just a good practice to Mm -hmm. get into. Don't even bring your phone into the bedroom. Um, Try to separate your sleep and your rest from, you know, Mm -hmm. the first thing you do when you get up should not be checking your notifications. Mm -hmm. Right. It should be checking in with your breath and your body and how are you feeling and maybe loving on your your family Mm -hmm. and making coffee yes making coffee (laughs) coffee before all the things Uh, for sure for sure and not curing coffee no i believe in coffee meditation like (laughs) french press or turkish coffee like long long time you know i like that you know meditative coffee that's great (laughs) i love that meditative coffee sounds good yeah i should try that I think Keurig, Keurig, yeah, the Keurig is like the, the instant gratification. The scourge of society. Yeah. Facebook of coffee or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's another symptom. Yes. It's another symptom of where we are yes. at. They, they packaged instant coffee into this tiny little thing and convinced you that it's delicious. <laughs> you know. And I, I use it sometimes too. Every now and then, like yeah. you, you got to run. That's it's you know that's fine. But you know, but that slow roasted it doesn't and it, slowly brewed yeah. brings you more satisfaction. Exactly. I like it. I can I can wrap my mind around that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I have to say something for Keurig, and that is that I don't drink coffee, so it allows me to have a hot beverage with the rest of my family oh, yeah. of my choice, and we can all have our own flavor yes. of what we're drinking and sit together. Love that. So you're like, you we have coffee, that, I'm having hot chocolate. We could. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there you go. We don't, but we could. <laughs> 
you know, it's there. It's available. It's available. <laughs> it's, available. It's, it's an okay. opportunity that's out there for us, whether we take advantage of it. So it's one way you can use it in a positive way. It <laughs> is. There are there are positive. Th- well, just like like Megan was talking about using those those platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To you know to help people understand and see mm-hmm. options and. Mm-hmm. So things aren't inherently evil. It's right. how we use them right. and what Absolutely. we do with them. So Your intention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell us those three things again that you said are kind of the three yes. basic things about. Yes. Again, if you look up that, um, if you look up that video, mm-hmm. The Power of Mindfulness, it's a TED Talk by Shauna Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a nice 13-minute rundown okay. um, that is really concrete and funny, but relevant um and she talks about attitude intention and awareness being kind of Mm -hmm. the three core components of a mindfulness practice because intention is you know you have to it has to be a pointed effort it's a practice Mm -hmm. you know we are who we are and we have a need for mindfulness and i think when you remove the distractions and we are just in nature we are way more mindful Mm -hmm. um, but the reality is, is that isn't the culture that we exist in. We exist in a Keurig-driven social media, <laughs> right? Obsessed <laughs> existence. Yes, and so we have to be intentional mm-hmm. about achieving that level of mm-hmm. mindfulness. So that's where the intention comes in. Attitude, you know, it's easy to be judgmental about mm-hmm. where we are. It's easy to, you know, believe that the distractions are inherently evil when really they're a pathway for some meaningful communication. Mm-hmm. So, so being, mm-hmm. you know, adaptable and open and curious right. um, and kind. Well, as, and, as, and as I think you said earlier, mm-hmm. open to. It's not going to be an immediate change for you. Right. You're not going to be immediately yes. able to sit down and suddenly mm-hmm. you can be so zen. Do this. <laughs> you yeah. found enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the awareness. That's mm-hmm. what it really boils down to is that hopefully as you, you know, practice this practice consistently, consistently you will have more awareness on a day-to-day basis. But mm-hmm. that's really the main goal. It's not about freeing your mind of all thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's about just being aware of your present moment and not getting derailed by those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So you guys all convinced? Yeah. Go start a mindfulness practice. I think we'll start a mindfulness club. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. There'll be dues and rituals. Dues. 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 Sorry, we, we had our friends, buddy. We had our friends at the library book sale. We need to be able to buy incense and candles. And well, nuts. Yeah. And nuts. <laughs> right, and money, right? <laughs> we need That's the money funny. to buy incense and candles. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. <sighs> hmm. You know, yeah. it, it is becoming wellness in general is mm-hmm. becoming such a even in Decatur, Texas. Right. You know, it's becoming more of a of a thing that everybody's aware of the need for, and mm-hmm. and so it's not like a a regular yoga class is in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Like you've got, you know, Fit and Wise just expanded their se- schedule for yoga. If you look at their September schedule, you have multiple options every single day to implement wow. yoga. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, the accessibility of learning about mindfulness and, mm-hmm. and utilizing those guided tools um, or reading books or whatever is meaningful for you. It's, mm-hmm. it's at our fingertips. It's not unachievable. It's something that, that we can easily access the tools to implement this into our day-to-day lives and reap the benefits. Very For sure. Cool. Yeah. Yay. 
Any last thoughts before we close out our conversation today? I, Gosh. This, this has been fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Yeah, I really hope has. so. Yeah. I hope so. Um, you know, I think that that the whole goal of my blog is to really make this, you know, be something that's not completely unachievable Mm -hmm. and also just non-judgmentally laugh at myself you know what I mean because I think even though if I want to even though I want to be seen as a mindfulness expert in my field of mental health Mm -hmm. um it's still a practice Mm -hmm. for me each and every single day Mm -hmm. um and I think that that recognizing the human component of our efforts is so valuable and just being kind to ourselves and one another is really the goal Mm -hmm. um and I think that that it's something that enhances our ability, not just mindfulness, just kindness really yeah. is what I'm talking yeah. about right now, enhances our ability to, to achieve connection and um, to really feel like we're not alone mm-hmm. and isolated in this mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Speaking of groups, this is just a yeah. little plug for our uh, mommy connection group. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of connections and kindness and, and not being isolated, there's a... A mommy connection support group on the first Wednesday of every month that the hospital, the Center for Emotional Wellness and the clinics are hosting. Um, and it's at the OBGYN, the Wise Health, Dr. Edwards, Dr. Kyle, Dr. Mm-hmm. Smith, uh, okay. Dr. Hartman, their office. Um, every every month, first Wednesday from 12 to noon, we provide lunch and we just talk about some of these realities of life. Just the right. busyness and the stresses and mm-hmm. um, how to develop coping skills and connections to get through this world together because it's pretty mm-hmm. tough. And if we're if we're in it alone, then it makes it feel even harder than it mm-hmm. needs to be. Yep. Right. Great. I think that's it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, you so much, man, yeah. for being here. Yes. We really appreciate your, your willingness to take the time and mm-hmm. to share mindfulness with us yes of course okay you've been listening to the long overdue podcast from decatur public library in decatur texas thanks for listening